Welcome to the Perfectly Integrated Podcast, hosted by Matt Ackerman, where we show the power of teamwork in wealth management. Now, on to the show. It's that time of year again when everyone truly appreciates their CPA. I'm Matt Ackerman, and welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Integrated. The receipts, the W-2s, this is the time of year for CPAs. This is their Super Bowl. After the Super Bowl, all the way to that April deadline, and this is a great time of year because they're magical. They take care of everything. We trust our CPA. We know that they have our backs. You know, in today's skeptical world, it's amazing to earn that kind of trust. And I guess I always want to understand where that kind of trust comes from. So today I've got two amazing thought leaders joining me today to discuss the power of the CPA relationship and the power of trust. First, my good friend, Paul Sagan, he's here, the founder and president of Integrated Partners. Paul, welcome. Thanks for making time for us today. Matt, thanks, buddy. Good to see you. And another good friend of mine, we're joined today by Seth Feinberg. You know, I got to know Seth when we both worked at Source Media many, many moons ago. And Seth is one of the most respected journalists in the accounting space. He's a former editor at accountingweb.com and has over 20 years experience covering all things accounting. Hey, Seth, welcome. Thanks for having me, Matt. So Seth, why is there such boundless trust when it comes to CPAs? I think it really starts with, it's twofold. Uh, One, it really starts with the fact that when you are a CPA, you are licensed by your state, you are a certified public accountant, and this means you've already gone through rigorous hours of testing and training. And and part of that, and one one of the parts of the testing and the agreement that you have to hold this license is ethics. Ethics is at the core of being a CPA, not that any other profession has it you know, better or worse, it's, but it, they take that aspect of it extremely seriously. Not that there aren't problems with any other professions and even CPAs as well, but I think by and large, that's pretty much the table stakes for be- becoming a CPA is to, you know, you put yourself out there as ethically responsible. The second is, I guess, a little more risque. It's like, who else do you, you trust? It's like name top 100 people surveyed the most trusted professions out there. CPA is definitely up there, but you're a doctor. Why is that? Why can you stand naked in front of this other human being and be totally fine with that? And because you trust them, your financials are kind of you in a way standing naked in front of uh, another professional. Everything is out there. All of the all of the, the nasty bits and things that maybe even, you know, your your spouse or your partner might not entirely know 100% about, but you trust your CPA. Why is that? And I think it's because they, uh, they get back to, it gets back to the ethics. And I think that that's one of the things that uh, they pride themselves on. And year in and year out, you can give them all of almost literally your, your dirty laundry, and they'll figure out a way to, to get you through. Well, have you ever heard it described that way? That when you're working there, you're putting Again, yourself totally out When you're naked. immersed in the profession for so many years, you just come up with all these different analogies and ways of explaining things that, uh, but I love accountants, uh, CPAs in, in particular, but accountants come in, in all shapes and sizes. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful profession for a lot of reasons. And I know we're going to get into that a little bit. So, Paul, have you heard it described that way, that you're laying yourself out there naked with your finances to your CPA? It made me want to diet. I'm going to have to go watch my weight and stuff like that now that I think about that. I love it. But, you know, 
Yeah, it's you're, it's you're, so, you're fine having your doctor examine you. Your CPA sure. does a similar examination. It's just in in your financials. You're That's right. True. It's, it's so interesting to me, Paul, because I think I've always kind of lived that by that mantra that trust is earned over a course of time and lost in a moment. You know, you've worked with CPAs for decades. What is it about that relationship that creates such deep and lasting relationships? And what is it about it that creates such trust? Matt, I like what Seth said, those two words of ethics and trust. And everybody listening has heard that famous line that the CPA is that, you know, most trusted advisor. But you know, let me speak for myself. You know, it is tax season, as you said, it's the Super Bowl of tax time for accountants and CPAs. But you know, I'd say in the last probably two or three weeks, Matt, I've probably had four or five conversations with my CPA and and although my clothes are on, fully on, uh, but we, you know, we talked about our wealth and the business and tax time coming up. And so Seth's right. He knows everything about us from our children, our situations within our family, how we're trying to handle our taxes, both personally and professionally, and then dealing with our wealth. I think that certainly having that title as most trusted advisor in not only understanding everything about our wealth, but then being put in a position to get us in front of the right people to help us make really good decisions. And so maybe I'll say it for my CPA and the CPAs we work with, they don't always have every answer, but my goodness, they know where to go to get the right answers at the right time. And so when you think about it, Matt and Seth, anyone who's going to not only impact ourselves individually, but impact our families for many generations. I mean, bingo, you get to put that person right up there on that main pedestal at all times. And Seth, you don't change that relationship. I can tell you personally, I've had the same accountant for a decade. And why did I change last time was something got screwed up in some paperwork and I got mired in an audit when I was in my mid thirties. And so, like I said, it was trust that's earned over years and lost in a moment sometimes. Mm. It's so interesting how that kind of trust uh, takes so much time to develop, but you know you you've got to you've got to work to kind of maintain that trust too. So, if these people, if accountants Seth that you've worked with for these years are so good at relationship building, why sometimes do they struggle when it comes to growing and building their business? Well, I tell you uh, again, it's also uh, uh, at least a two part answer here. You know, one is that a lot of them are really, really awful at marketing themselves. They just, they rely so heavily on word of mouth and it has been tried and true uh, for year in and year out, but sometimes clients move on. And again, we're not just talking about individuals here, uh, obviously, you know, individuals and the businesses that they're helping to grow and stay compliant and all these wonderful things needs change. Financial situations change. So it might not be anything that is the quote unquote fault of the CPA uh, that you they move on from you or you move on from them. But I think there's also just the, because of the, getting back to the marketing thing, there's a lot of times there's just a lack of understanding of what they really can do. And this is where I think they've faltered uh, over the years is that they're really kind of poor communicators and at what they're uh, what they can really do. And the excuse that, that I hear, again, not all of them, there's some very advanced thinkers out there, but the profession by and large, again, uh, let's be honest, at who we're individually talking about here, by and large, when you're talking about the CPAs or the CPA profession, you're talking about solo practitioners and very small firm owners who are working with individuals and uh, small to mid-sized businesses throughout 
Uh, so this is who we're talking about. And by and large, they're really awful at marketing. And a lot of times you have a conversation with them about, about why they're not offering this, that, or the other thing. They're like, well, yeah, I do, or I can. It's just my clients don't ask me. I like to use, going back to analogies again, I like to use the analogy, the one I come up with that paints the clearest picture is picture uh, in middle, I don't know if middle school dances are still happening, but I remember when I was in middle school, there goes picture a sixth or seventh grader, you have one side of the gym or rec room, whatever it is, uh, of girls, the others guys, uh, and they all want to dance. Great songs coming on. They just kind of eye on each other and everyone's sort of waiting for someone to make the move. And it doesn't happen. And particularly on the CPA side, they're just like, well, my client will ask me for this. And then you talk to the client, they're like, oh, well, I didn't know my CPA did that. They never said anything. So this is kind of, I guess I'm hoping I'm answering your question is you that this, this is why I think that uh, uh, the relationships sometimes will struggle because they're just not great communicators. And communicate marketing is also part of that. Notice though, Seth, that I've been now working with accountants for about 35 years. And so, boy, I'd say the last 10 years, especially the power of building collaborative relationships. I don't oh, yeah. know if you've seen that change from your vantage it's, point. It's but... turning around. It, it mm. is. I know, Matt, historically, you're absolutely right. They still kind of struggle. But I think they, they are discovering the benefits of social media in particular and the power of community. You have a group like Rootwork who will work you know, with the profession to just trying to get them connected and have that sense of community. You go on LinkedIn, there's dozens of groups out there, or even if you're just putting yourself out there, put a question out there, go on a Reddit board, what have you, you're connecting on some common uh, some common issues. And I think they, that somehow they're a little more comfortable with. And so yeah, you're right, Paul. Uh, it, it is starting to change, uh, definitely in the last uh, handful of years or so. It's great to see. But they could still use uh, a bit of help. Uh, I know Jeannie Whitehouse, uh, if you've heard of her, uh, she's a, really, really one of the big accounting personalities uh, out there. And she's been saying for uh, easily the 20 years that I've been covering the profession that how that you know, accountants need to communicate better with each other. And also because collaboration is really, I think, the key to survival in this profession and also with their clients too. Again, back to my point of really letting them know like what you can do for them. Sure, you can prepare a tax return, but you can also advise them on maybe next year or what, you know, let's get into some tax planning. That's kind of the soft advisory work. Tax planning can happen uh, over the summer or in getting into the fall. Like, let's have that conversation. Let's put it in the calendar and, okay, time to talk about the 2023 or 24. Talk about what we're going to do for next, next quarter. You know, firms who are filing, companies that are filing quarterly. Endless opportunities, but you have to schedule it. You got to put, yeah, I love that social media in particular uh, has that, that, that power, that, that ability to, uh, to help out uh, the, uh, the profession who are inherently poor communicators. And Paul, I'm sure that's something with the CPA lines you mentioned, we've been doing this for decades with them, that's enabled to help them a little bit so that they have kind of that community, but also have uh, an additional array of services, uh, you know, more arrows in their quiver, if you will, to be going back to clients with. So they're more than just tax preparers. They're really planners. And that's really that that's the bridge you're helping them cross. Right, Paul? Yeah. And I think to kind of follow up too, it's about how, when you think about it, an accountant, like a financial advisor, they're entrepreneurs, okay? And so, you know, I think all entrepreneurs are learning that growth, expansion, that happens exponentially through good collaborative relationships. And so I think for us, Matt, with our program, it certainly first and foremost is about solving the problems 
that the accountants clients are facing every single day. So I think when we put our hat on every single morning and go to work, it's about how are we going to solve the problems that these people face every single day? And to maybe put a shameless plug in for our book that we set up, put out a couple of months ago, we talk about that win-win-win relationship. And so I think certainly the client, number one, has to win through these collaborative relationships that we build with accounting firms. Number two, the financial advisor will certainly win by getting in front of these clients with the help of the CPA. But you know, then it's the accountant. And I know, I love what you said, Seth, they kind of do put their head down and they kind of do what they do every single day. But by getting them to kind of rise above it all and, and realize that by solving their client's greatest financial problems, by collaborating with the right team, they can certainly monetize their status as the most trusted advisor and do it with full disclosure to the client. And so my experience has certainly been over the years that clients always walk out the door in a far better position financially than they did walking in the door when these collaborative relationships between accountants and financial advisors can get involved to once again solve these problems. And so, but at the end of the day, it's about being an entrepreneur and entrepreneurs are about collaborative relationships. And that is how you get that growth and expansion that everybody's certainly searching for. And Seth from, I'm going to take you back to Seth's seventh grade dance here with the boys on one side <laughs> and the girls on the other. Now it's a different dance here. On one side, you got the accountants. On the other side, you have wealth managers and financial advisors. Is there potential here by bringing these groups together that we could see, you know, real growth for both sides by bringing everybody together? It's something that I have thought uh, quite a bit about uh, of late because I've been asked uh, in my capacity, uh, I've been kind of putting on more of my uh, consultant hat uh, of late and you know want to stay uh, connected to the profession i've been asked well where's it going what's next what's the next wave uh for uh, for the cpas and also the accountant profession uh, in general and i think wealth management is right there because of you know what i mentioned before you know why that trust happens you are already so deep in some of these families and even companies lives uh with their financials you already have what it takes to start having those conversations about where where is this accrued wealth going to go or where is this money that that you have or how do you sort of how do you build some kind of uh uh nest egg or what ha whatever whatever it is some kind of uh growth plan the cpa uh doesn't you know they might initially be a little intimidated like, oh i'm not a fire natural advisor i can look through my my uh my supposed rolodex <laughs> or whatever your the modern version is and i'll find you one and that's kind of you know more of got reaction and you'll probably thank them profusely for doing that but why not you why not that cpa and initially they might feel oh, i'm not you know i don't have my cfp i'm not licensed to do this you don't have to be and they need to know that it's just a simple again simple conversation about you you actually don't need to be you already have like yoda said uh you know to luke about being a jedi is like already know you that what you need to be a great jedi to be that financial advisor to be that fiduciary just go out there and gather more knowledge get connected with the communities that that, that are out there the folks who already are know a little more about doing this or maybe have services that maybe you yourself don't provide but you know you can kind of work in collaboration to them so I think that is absolutely where uh, the profession can uh, go next, is actually in, into wealth management. I think it's uh, the time is ripe for that, you know, because look who needs it most. The, you have a whole swath of the working profession that is has either retired or is in retirement. And then folks 
uh, I'll say like my generation who really haven't done very well. <laughs> we weren't really given a lot of tools to to money manage. And then, you know, on down from there, uh, I think maybe there's like a generation or two behind us that maybe are a little better at it. We're not. The Gen Xers, we don't, it's not really something that we were really taught. And uh, that can buy having some trust in our CPA who already is in our financials and has been for some time uh, to uh, to do that, take on that role. So Paul, it, do you find when you work with CPAs, there's a bit of that trepidation uh, in terms of uh, taking on more responsibilities and maybe they need their own Yoda to help get them to that next level and to help them along the way here? I think too, Matt, to follow up on Seth's comment that the one thing I always try to teach both accountants and financial advisors is that at the end of the day, Financial planning is probably 70 to 80% common sense. The rest of it is certainly some end around tax strategies or some product features or whatever that you need to bring in the experts for. But at the end of the day, it's just a conversation, isn't it? You're just talking to people about their wealth and helping them make better decisions. But many times it's stuff or ideas or solutions that they know they should be looking at without being told, but yet they need someone to kind of guide them along the process. So I think, Matt, that for CPAs... Um, I don't know if it's confidence to step in and do it. It's just time, isn't it? Everybody's so busy nowadays doing what they have to do. And once again, I know my CPA is the busiest person in the world is trying to keep his clients happy. And so that's why I think for us coming in with our CPA Alliance program and really focusing on these collaborative relationships and and really helping that accountant understand that they really can, with their knowledge, coupled with the knowledge of other professionals in the financial services world, they can really bring what I refer to as elite wealth management to their clients. And then once you start to handle one client, then you get more comfortable with the third, the second client, then the third client. Then before you know it, they really become disciples of the planning process. And as Seth said, I think it, at first it's intimidating and they don't think they have the credentials for it, but it really is, once again, 70% just open dialogue, conversations, asking good questions. And then the rest kind of gets put together by a lot of really good collaborative people in the process is how it works. And don't forget, it's built, Paul, it's building off the data they already have. That I can't stress that point enough. It's that it's not like it's this different learning set, this different skill set, this different conversation that you need to have. It's really just a continuation of, well, okay, you know, I, I see that year in and year out, you're paying this or you're saving that. Have you thought about a raw? Have you had the discussion of end of life? Do you have whole life? I can see here that you don't, you're not, you're not involved in that. Okay. Let's, at the end of every year, you usually have X amount. Let's talk about setting one up for you. You know, you're right, Seth. I think there's certainly a point up until which accountants are very comfortable giving what I'll call their personal opinion about someone's financial plan. And so once again, it goes back to that 70% of financial planning is somewhat common sense. And so yeah. I think every accountant gets to that point where, yeah, they can give advice and counsel based on their own personal maybe situation or stuff they've seen go on in their own families. But then to go to that next level, to make it elite, that's where you got to bring in the experts and bring in people who really can make a difference with helping to make really sure. good decisions at the right time. But, but you're right. I think stepping into this world and getting the confidence to do it Everybody wins. That's the best part. Everybody walks away a win at the end of the process. All boats rise. Absolutely. No doubt about that. It's so interesting as a 
coach for so many years, people always ask like, so how do you build confidence? You know, as a baseball coach, so how do how do they get that kind of confidence when that, that you're telling me that's what they need in order to thrive here? And I always say at bats, right? That's what you need is more at bats, more at swings, more at bats. That's how you get better, right? So as a CPA here, as you think about growth and you think about wealth management, does it come down to more at bats? Does it come down to just doing it more? Is that really what where the confidence springs from, Paul? In coaching. Yep. Okay. Definitely at bats experience. But coaching, because I think that's certainly if you do it yourself, it's going to take you X amount of time to get to the point you want to get to. If you get some coaching and direction, Matt, think of the impact you can have as a coach with your own kids and the young kids you coach in baseball. You can help accelerate that growth and accelerate where they want to get to ultimately with the right tip, the right pat on the back or kick in the fanny. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So Seth, what do you think? Is that what the CPAs of tomorrow need in order to thrive is some confidence, some coaching, and some at-bats. I agree. And I love the analogy. I'm an enormous baseball fan. I've also co been coaching both of my boys uh, for years. Myself, I continue to. I also have a 10-year-old. He's still, he's well, well on his way to being, uh, being one of the better players out there. And I tell him that all the time. I said, especially in this game, baseball is a game of failure. You're going to fail a lot more times than you succeed. Even the best of the best of the best have they failed. It's considered a success to to go to to hit just hitting the ball. Like we can talk about other stats too, and pitching and fielding, all of that. But to to be able to connect with that that round ball and the round bat three out of ten times and be exactly. considered one of the best. I mean mm -hmm. CPAs don't even have to, you know, necessarily think that. But yeah, just but getting back to, you know, not to go into the weeds too too much, uh, <laughs> because I can with baseball. But yeah, you know, just doing it, getting some repetition, getting getting your reps in, and really just doing it. Even just a handful of clients, it's not going to be for everything. Like this whole advisory game, and I, you know, which accountants have been and CPAs have been getting urged to, <clears throat> you know, kind of get into more of these, you know, higher value nebulous wording, higher value services. Uh, I think wealth management is definitely in there, but it, it's one of those ones I think that you don't necessarily need anything more to get started than just reps. Just yeah. get out there. And then the confidence too is, you know, also having, you know, maybe someone else, a colleague, someone that they might've met at a networking event or a, or a community or something, you know, maybe like a CPA alliance somewhere that says, yeah, uh, I've done it. I, this is, this was my experience with it. And this is pretty much how you get going. That's great. You know, so Paul, when you think about all of this in context, you know, you've partnered with so many CPAs over the last three decades. How does that momentum continue? Do you see more along the lines of what Seth was just talking about, this, this domino effect of success equates to more success? I mean, are you seeing this kind of momentum that's happening of more and more CPAs seeing that great opportunity to partner with great advisors? Yeah, definitely. So I think we're at the point now, Matt, where we're approaching about 200 CPAs are part of our CPA Alliance program. The first 50 was like pulling teeth, but the next 150 just kind of fell, as you said, like dominoes. And so I think that accountants are aware of what other firms are doing out there and how they're adding financial services, as Seth said, as a an extra value added service. So there's no surprise there, but I think certainly 
you know, they're taking their time. They want to make sure they make the right decisions and the right moves at the right inappropriate place and time there. But there's a lot of momentum out there. I would say now, maybe more than ever. So we're at 200 accounting firms. Our goal is to get to 500, getting very involved in state societies and referrals from our current CPAs. So I think it's crossed that point, Matt, about do they want to do it? And now what's the right way to do it? And that's a wonderful place for us to be as a firm and have those great discussions about how we put the program together and be part of the momentum that we're seeing within the accounting community. It's been exciting. Such incredible momentum and such a great conversation today with you both. The last question of all my podcasts is a question from my son, CJ. Seth, I told CJ that uh, we used to play uh, some really epic trivia nights together down at Source Media. CJ got real excited. Uh, (laughs) So his question to you, uh, what category do you hear on a trivia night that gets you most excited? And what category do you hear that you wish you could skip? This question is going to go to you both. So Paul, I hope you have your own trivia categories (laughs) as well. But Seth, what do you think? What's your your favorite? And then which one makes you go, "Uh uh-oh, we're in trouble here? Most excited uh, for me is, is movies. Uh, because by and large in a trivia night, like it's, it's not necessarily something that's like in the last five years, it's probably something that's already kind of been, you know, talked about Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I've seen, and I've discussed and ruminated over and, and yeah, like movies, I'm pretty confident if there's something in a movie category, even something fairly modern, like I've probably read something about it, been in discussion about it. Uh, and conversely. Uh, I'm going to say, and uh, generally speaking, pop culture. Really? Sorry. Mm. Sorry. I'm an old aging fella. I've hit that point where I'm like, I don't know what the kid's talking about. No clue. (laughs) They're ticking. They're talking. They're coming up with stuff that some of it's retro. It's like, oh, wait, I kind of recognize that song. But what did they do to it? In, In most cases, I'm like, I just don't know and that's why i was so glad that you know someone like uh like uh, maddie and i think a couple of the younger players on our team were like yes it's all you like you guys got this you know because if it happened like in the last like few years good luck you need a well-balanced uh, team yeah <laughs> I, i'm like team. i'm just gonna go yeah i don't know food great music okay i can probably be in there to to mm-hmm. a degree history sure let's go facts figures, literature, art, no problem. Pop culture, pass. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul, what do you think? What's your category that you get excited about? And what's the one that you're like, okay, I'm tapping out. Oh, well, let's start up with a tap out. Do not take me into geography for some reason. Whenever you play a trivial pursuit or something like oh, that, that's just- yeah, See, I love it. I oh, love that's my, uh, stuff is. my Achilles heel. But my strength would be sports. I'm a Boston oh, guy. So- nice. Grew up with sports, a family of athletes, and so that's where I'll crush it, Matt. Yeah, I know. I'm so you guys are both New Jersey and New York guys, but just tell CJ anything sports, and I'm all oh, set, okay. Matt. That's my uh, that's my place right there. All right. Well, I, and speaking for myself, my my weakness probably also in that arts and not like pop culture, movies, arts, but like anything that's like fine arts, I'm in real trouble. I, and then my strength is sports. I don't know if I ever told you this, Paul, but I um. I tried out for the uh, a game sh- a TV game show that ESPN had called Two Minute Drill, and I was right up there to get in there. And they had a special category at the end that, like, you could pick any category, and they had to ask you in that category. And mine was bad baseball trades of the 1980s, and Ooh. I <laughs> I could I, I tried I tried I tried to hone that to bad Yankee trades. Yes, for for every Ken Phelps. 
Ken Phelps for Jay Buner or Fred McGriff for Dale Murray. Yes, all of that. Oh, I, awesome. I have a brain for all that. <laughs> I, I had a feeling it. McGriff was going to make it into that conversation. <laughs> well, first Oof. of all, thank you both for your time today. This has been an amazing conversation. Uh, I really do appreciate your time, guys. Matt, thanks, buddy. Seth, appreciate it. Thank you so awesome. much, Matt. And I'd like to thank you, our audience here at Perfectly Integrated. Thanks for joining us for another episode. We have really enjoyed today's talk. And hey, maybe you have a conversation, a topic, or a guest you'd love for us to include. Please find us on social media. You can find me on Twitter at AkadiAk. And as always, thank you to my friends at Integrated Partners. Thank you to Seth Feinberg. Thank you to Paul Sagany. Thank you all. Have a great day. Content in this material is for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Integrated Partners, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial. Seth Feinberg is a separate entity and not affiliated with Integrated Partners or LPL Financial.